0: But I want. I want to write a jingle for us. <laughs> you're <wanna laughs> a jingle? Someone to write us a jingle for our
1: podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mills, we don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> um, I know. I want someone to write us a jingle too. You stay right there. You stay right there. Um, <laughs> will you write us one? Mills will write us a jingle. Raha, write us a jingle. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Raha, please write us a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> we have very little money. <laughs> um welcome everyone welcome back to being an artist is fucking fucking killing me me. how are you rainy i'm good how are you corinne i'm I'm tired but i'm okay did everybody go see what exists here i did yay Yay. congrats to jamie valen and team
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it's beautiful very interesting space if no one's ever been to the collective space on sterling avenue very interesting space it has like um almost like a skateboard ramp wall where the floor like bleeds into the wall mm-hmm. at a soft angle which is like really nice to look at
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it's like homey and cozy small people were sitting everywhere couches very jamie Allen, yes yep
1: everything was very personalized to her mm-hmm. and it was great yeah i'm so great yeah all right guys it's time for one of our classic <laughs> being an artist is fucking killing me rants <laughs> When are people going to learn that you can't steal other people's art? Probably never. So, <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, Kelsey Ballerini performed at the CMAs the other day. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with Batsheva's work or Gaga's work at all or Ohad Nadir, you'll see something that's very familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it seems as though there is a direct copy of Batsheva's work, Ichad, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Ichad Miyodia. Right. Which
0: is a Passover song that is traditionally a chair dance. hmm And he, this is a very famous work. He's performed it everywhere. And all of a sudden it's popping up in mainstream country music.
1: Yeah. It's a powerful work, too. Yeah. It was commissioned by the Israeli government mm-hmm. um, and this is a work that is like Bacheva is known for doing it's powerful it's amazing it's done so well Yep. Yeah. and then all of a sudden it's being performed at the CMA Awards
0: <laughs> right um, it's problematic beyond the moral complications of stealing. First of all, the chair section of minus 16 is performed to a traditional Passover song, meaning that the largely Christian audience of the CMAs appropriated this traditional religious work for an entertainment purpose only. Right.
1: It's just insane. Yeah. It's insane. And it's so annoying that, like, no one has responded from ballerini's right. people. I will say that it's not her that created it. She worked with two choreographers. Yeah. Um, who we stalked a little bit and we could not tell that they have any
0: connection to Batsheva or Ohad Nahiram or Gaga at all. Exactly. They just saw this work, put it where they wanted and did what they wanted. Didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So they probably only saw it, Well, actually I'm going to be like, they only saw it online, but I don't know that. Yeah.
1: And these two artists have worked with like a lot of, um, pop singers mm-hmm. like pink. There's a bunch of people. If you just go to their Instagram, um, we'll give it to you right away. Um, and they've worked with a bunch of people in pop culture, and it's insane that ballerini's people haven't responded to this. It's insane that the choreographers haven't responded to it, because if you go to Twitter or you, Facebook or the Instagram post itself, people are commenting because they're pissed.
0: Right. So many people are calling them out that this is a direct copy of the work, the company's work, and no one's saying anything, which, I mean, is crazy,
1: yeah, and they're just, like, taking full ownership for it. Like, this work is beautiful. This is amazing. Right,
0: she's getting so much praise for her performance at the CMAs. When it, I'm sure she sang well. I'm sure she, like, did what she was supposed to do. But, like, the choreography and the dance work is not anybody else's to share but right. Bachava's.
1: And I fully, I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she has no idea who Batshava is. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if she has no idea that this work is stolen. Right. We're not putting her to blame right right away. But... It's very clear that there is inspiration taken from Bacheva's piece into this work.
0: I would go so far as to not say it's inspiration because it's like so
1: close. Yeah. There are side by sides of both pieces and they look very, very similar. Exactly. Um, and the two choreographers that did it are Nick and RJ, um, which is Nick Flores and RJ Durrell. What's their Instagram handle? Their Instagram handle is Nick and RJ Official. Mm. Um, this should be stopped we think that they should be sued we're not sure what those like implications involve or even it's obviously not our work to right also like how
0: would you even go about doing that is there like yeah is there a way for artists to get their retribution to get their like what's due to them because something has been stolen yeah what is the like artistic also like artistic license on inspiration like what the fuck is that yeah in this case
1: yeah, and so if this is something that intrigues you, please go to Kelsey Ballerini's Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, comment saying that this work is stolen. Go to Nick and Jr. Officials Instagram. Comment on that. Go on your Twitter. Be loud about it. Mm-hmm. Um, call people out. Yeah, call people out on their bullshit. There's tons of dancers calling people out. Yeah, right now. Um,
0: it's also very weird because. It's not like this is an obscure work that lots of people haven't seen, and they're like, oh, this is so cool and so underground. No one's going to know if we do this. But Shava is the biggest contemporary dance company right now in the world. Mm -hmm. They tour almost like 200 days a year. Yeah, it's insane. They perform so many times. Mm -hmm. This work has been seen by so many people.
1: Mm -hmm. The reason that this is so relevant is because today on the podcast, we have the wonderful Alvin Kalentis. Yes. And he is a Gaga teacher. So he spent a lot of time in Tel Aviv with OHAD, with the company, with the people that did this work. Yeah. And he's going to talk a little bit about it right now. Great. So thank you guys for listening. Again, please go to their Instagram. Please go to your Twitter. Please go to your Facebook. Shout it out loud. We don't think this should be happening anymore. And let us know your opinions on it. Yeah. Let's get going. Woo.
0: So we'll start off by like you telling us a little bit about yourself Whatever you want to share, whatever you don't want to share. Right
2: now? Yeah, it's on. Do I say my name?
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Please. (laughs) Definitely. My name is Alvin, and I'm an alcoholic. I don't know. I started late dancing when I was 18. I was in business school, and I absolutely did not like it. And so I found a dance class, and I fell in love. Um, From there, I kind of did the crash course at the TDT, School of Toronto Dance Theatre. That's when I kind of met Modern, but then I quit that. (laughs) (laughs) And then from there, I finished my degree in business, and then I just kind of like did my own thing as a freelancer. Um, Went to New York for four months, entered in a fashion agency. That's how I got into photography. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, And that's how I got into Gaga. In New York? Um, in New York. Mm. And then I came home to Toronto after my degree and after New York, and then that's when I just started doing a lot of freelance artwork. Everything was free at first for friends, and then through the years of just making connections, I streamed blind into teaching contemporary dance, performing here and there, mostly for friends, <laughs> site-specific work, and also doing photography for uh, dance artists mm. like oh <laughs>
1: anyway um how did you so you went to internet of fashion agency yeah in new york and how did you you started doing photography there how did you like hone your skills because your images are beautiful
2: um basically it was just like on a whim i just wanted to on my last semester of school i wanted to move to new york for four months mm-hmm. and so i stumbled upon this uh, internship with uh, bpmw agency which is like a PR agency that BPMW is, like, something about, um, like, bitches, police, like, I don't know, it means, like, <laughs> it's, like, really so, like, I don't know, against fashion, like, oh, very okay. trendy, yeah. um, and so it, like, really got me an eye for, like, a different eye, I guess, something that's more, um, I don't know, aesthetics, a lot of their clients that we worked with were Urban, urban Outfitters and Keds and Penfield and mm-hmm. Stussy. So it's kind of like has this like kind of hip hop underground mm-hmm. scene. And, and I did a lot of behind the scenes with the lookbook shoots. So I helped out with the photography aspect of the agency. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of learned my eye. Yeah um and yeah
1: but you never took like a course in
2: photography no i just did it you just played with it yeah Yeah. and like photoshop became my best friend (laughs) 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 i learned over time the magic of photoshop and that's how i like really loved photography is the editing aspect of it right yeah
1: that's awesome yeah um how did you find your gaga stream
2: um when I was a TDT, I I thought that was like my you know I want to be a dancer. I want to be in a prestigious school and like I got in there and I was completely a rebel student. Yeah. I did not do well. <laughs> I was late all the time for eight thirty gram. Like I did not do well. Everyone hated me. Well. Not everyone hated me. I mean, I, like I was Like teachers charming. hated you or student huh? like teachers who
0: like, hated teachers you? Teachers
2: or... were just like kind of, you know, I mean, I, I was like, I, I stopped my university to go to the school. So I had high expectations. Right. And then when I got there and I realized how like, Structured and like just very old-fashioned type of technique, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was new to all of it. So for me, I was trying to understand like if this is the kind of dancing that I'm connected with, or am I supposed to like it, or am I, you know what I mean? So it was a lot of questions, and because I questioned a lot of things, I wasn't in good books with many people. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, I, I you kind weren't a of, good
1: robot, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: then you know, and then I kind of quit in the middle of the year and told myself, you know, maybe I just need to go out there and try many things and see where in dance I connect to the most. Mm-hmm. I even did say so You Think You Can Dance for like a hot second.
1: You auditioned for them?
2: By a hot second, I mean I did two seasons and I made it to top 40, which oh. was buried in my grave.
1: Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Amazing. I
2: mean, it was a way for me to, like, really find different styles of dance. Yeah, And that's, sure. how, that's how I found, you know, ballroom or whatever, like, contemporary, con- mainstream, ballet, everything. It's mm-hmm. like, for me, that's how I understood many things about dance and what I like and what I didn't like. And being on TV sucked. <laughs> I cried a lot, but it was really fun. What
1: sucked about it? Just like the way they put it's around just it?
2: putting yourself out there is very vulnerable.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but I had to do it simply because it was a ticket to an industry mm-hmm. that I was new to towards. Um, but anyways, after that, you know, of course, I really gravitated towards contemporary. And then I went to New York and then started learning this class called Gaga. And it was not structured, and it was so rebellious, so freeing.
0: For people that don't know what Gaga is, can you tell them?
2: Um, Gaga is like a movement language from Tel Aviv, Israel, founded by Ohad Naharin. There's a Netflix film called Mr. Gaga. Mm -hmm. But it's basically a movement language developed to design, like, to tap into many sensations of the body. It makes you feel a lot of things and, and makes you understand how to move from the inside. Um, and so it's a lot, you know, it has meditative qualities to it, somatic elements. There's also very, it's, it's in a way spiritual, it's in a way healing. It's a way to rehabilitate or reposition the body to, you know, um, be aware, to create more awareness um, and availability. So for me, I really enjoyed it because it was so freeing to just move how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that was so not. What I was trained to do, and oddly enough, um, Ohad danced for Martha Graham, and so it had that Graham connection. His partner
1: at the time danced
2: for Alvin Ailey.
1: Oh, was it Alvin Ailey that she danced for? Yeah, it was Graham. Mari,
2: but he danced for Martha Graham. Okay, and so he had that Graham technique, and then from I guess from the Graham technique and everything else, he created Gaga. So for me, I connected to it just simply because of my journey with Graham.
0: (laughs) Because you just didn't like structure. Yeah. It was like that was your rebellion. I
2: really enjoyed the images and the technique itself. It Mm -hmm. was more like, I don't know, it was at the time where I was new to dance and I didn't want to just bust out my hip flexors in that way. You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to like enjoy the pleasure of moving my body rather than like forcing it to be in a certain position right, totally. and i was like you know it was intense it was every day cracking your hips open just to you know get the technique and, and being
1: shamed if you couldn't like yeah. you just didn't have the like anatomy for that
2: yeah, yeah. and yeah. like you know i was i just wasn't in that place and so i had to leave
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great
2: but, I, I mean, I I encourage a lot of people who connect to Graham and Modern to take, take the course, take the program, because it really is very specific. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends who came out of that program are beautiful dancers.
1: Right, yeah. I think so, there are amazing dancers that come out of there. I think mm-hmm. if you find a technique that, like, works for your body and, like, resonates with you, that's, like, the technique mm. for you. I mean, you can totally branch out and do whatever, but... It's kind of it's kind of sad that like in Canada we don't have access to these like wonderful contemporary techniques or forms that like other dancers' bodies would probably mesh with better. Yeah. We're so like Graham, a little bit of Limon yeah, ballet, right? And yeah. it's it's really really sad for like up and coming dancers who like only are so vulnerable in learning these forms that are like not necessarily going to help them and they're gonna need a hip replacement or it's, you know it's right. so out
2: to date and mm-hmm. if you go to a place like London for example or or Europe, there's so many contemporary forms, different kinds of techniques that people have developed. Yeah. And it was it's so encouraged, like it's so encouraged to just like create or develop or connect to a technique that your body just gravitates yeah. towards, you know? And And like just the pleasure of moving in that way and and have the choice to take whatever class you want that best fits your body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have that luxury I feel here.
1: Yeah, I remember when I went to Europe and I took an Ultima Vez course and I like immediately connected Mm, to it. Wow! And I just like signed up for all of the classes, Ultima Vez classes. And like I try and do an Ultima Vez workshop like once a year because I find that technique like really connects. But I didn't even find that until I'd already graduated university. Right. And exactly. you're already like so you embedded into, Yeah. It's just like <laughs> you start over and you start from such a different place
0: that's for me in university I didn't connect to any of the movement we did at all and so like when I graduated I didn't know if I was going to continue dancing. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like oh, I'm obviously not a good dancer or mm. no one wants to hire me you're
2: know. left with such a low self-esteem simply because it's like you're forced fed into liking this technique because mm-hmm. you're, it's not like it's a choice, you know, yeah. it's just like, it's a prerequisite. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a mandatory it's... thing that you just have to take Yeah. versus in like, you know, contemporary dance streams in Europe, you can like really select which type of mm-hmm. classes you want to best right. fit the type of contemporary dancer you want to be, mm-hmm. or the type of work that you want to do as a contemporary dancer. Right. So this is the something. And you can that, change, and you can like move yeah. between them, and mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. It's really sad, actually.
2: I mean, funny. I think because also we're so stuck with heritage type of dancing here Mm. like you know if if you think about Toronto and contemporary dance you you immediately think okay Toronto Dance Theatre which is like so historic Mm -hmm. but then again it's so outdated like we don't move forward because we're stuck in the past Mm -hmm. and like celebrating the past right in a way that's a good thing because of funding but at the same time it's like we need to push for all these other techniques that are happening in the now because you know
0: i wonder how much that those big companies use tradition as a reason not to do anything new they mm-hmm. they're like we know what works we know what sells tickets we know what keeps the lights on in our studio and we're just going to do that because that's easier
2: yeah it's a formula and it's also funding but what's
1: mm-hmm. i mean yeah. but in canada like i feel like the companies that are around for a really long time are the companies that are being constantly backed and funded Yes. and what it's it's sad because in Canada i feel like the companies are either do really well and they're funded like tdt national ballet etc or they don't do well at all and they don't get any funded yeah. and like
0: there's no middle yeah. ground
1: there's no middle ground and like it's such an excuse that they're like well we know it sells tickets and stuff but like yeah but also like you have all this money to do a development you
2: have the resources yes, yes. so yeah. why to aren't you change. developing something
1: new right, um, and challenging the spectrum of dance that like we in toronto don't get to see But know? they just constantly room out Yeah, 20-year-old
2: works.
1: (laughs) It's insane.
2: I mean, this is, yeah, this is, like, it's so different compared to European contemporary dancing because they're so forward-thinking. They're always thinking in the future of how contemporary dance can evolve versus for us, we, like dwell we like keep so much the past Mm. and we just like stay inside that until we milk it until 20 years later we milk it again i wonder if that has to do with
1: like how new i wonder if there's any like correlation between like the like how old the european countries are versus how like new canada is as a country very Mm. true i wonder if there's some sort of correlation there and
2: i think also maybe because maybe back then when TDT was formed and they all came from Graham, you know, Martha Graham Dance Company, like that was such a big, big thing, big shift that created Toronto Dance. But I guess maybe they're trying to look for something like that. Right. In Toronto, in which people are trying to create change all the time. A lot of new people. Totally, yeah. A lot of collectives, you know, and companies. But this is a thing, is like the government recognizes more the heritage and historic mm-hmm. aspects of dance rather than the progressive mm-hmm. forward thinking type of dance. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Fun <being funny. laughs> um
1: Alvin, what is killing you as an artist right now?
2: Me? Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> Tell us what is what's killing you? What's um, struggle? What's a struggle?
2: I mean, for me I think it's like I am up to the point where I want I'm willing to sacrifice some of my art to open up some of my some of the things that I want to experience as a human being, you know, like for example, you know, being in a relationship or sharing your life with someone or having an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Signing a lease,
1: <laughs>
2: you know, or like I don't know, buying a car, like just something so human, something that requires like a commitment. Mm-hmm. Because I think for me, I've sacri- like I've put that on hold to really pursue a life of an artist. A life of an artist, you have to be mobile, you have to be flexible, you have to be willing to move or, you know, to study somewhere or to do a project somewhere, to just like be constantly in... Change. Mm -hmm. Um, That stability is very hard to come by as an artist. So for me, I'm willing to find that middle ground of how I can find stability and security, Mm -hmm. but still being able to pursue the things I want to pursue.
1: Right. Are you feeling any guilt at all about wanting to have those like normalcies in your life? Because I know I feel like a lot of guilt for just like being in a relationship and being like having like a steady, um, relationship or having, like, an apartment, etc. I do feel a lot of guilt for wanting things that are kind of like the the normy norm mm. forms, but also being an artist. So I feel like I'm not, sometimes I have these feelings where I feel like I'm not a true artist because I mm. have these normalcies in my
2: life. I think it's like, you know, if you're, it's always balanced, right? If you're, if you always think about, or if you're heavily focused on your art too much, mm-hmm. then it's like, Other parts in your life you're like ignoring and that could be a part of how you make art. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like for me, I've only really, really dived into being in a relationship recently. And I'm so like, I'm so in love with this experience because everything (laughs) was so new. And I was like, my art completely changed once I experienced that. And so for me, like all these years, because I focused so much on working and hustling as an artist, it's like, I wasn't able to allow myself to experience other things. And like, I, I felt at one point that my art was just so stale Mm. because I wasn't, I wasn't experiencing these other things. You weren't
0: doing doing new things. So your art wasn't changing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm. only
2: then my art changed when I started to become a human being. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's, like, it really is such um, a balance. Like, I don't know, you... you. I don't know, for me, point of view can exist when you live as a human and being able to share that in your art, like, mm-hmm. to have that balance. Right. Yeah.
1: So how... So is that a road that you're taking now? You're starting to do more human being things.
2: Less work.
1: (laughs) Not become an artistic robot.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because, you know, it's like once you hit that point, like I had moments like, you know, for example, I had moments where I would work, I would do many projects for people, and I would dance and choreograph and teach and do photography all at the same time, and I loved it, but it becomes like you, you become your own robot in a way that you mm-hmm. develop a system so you don't you don't exhaust yourself or you you don't squeeze yourself empty all the time mm-hmm. so it's like for for you to put out you need to take in information mm-hmm. and for me I'm, I I want to you know, I want to experience more as a human being. Like, this is what I want. Because I can, I'm all the time giving with my art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want, I, I'm willing to sacrifice some of that so I can, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. live. <laughs>
0: Did you find when you were invested in so many different projects at the same time that you were never really giving 100% to one? Of-
2: <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's part of hustling, too. It's, like, to spread yourself in. Mm-hmm. And I think there comes a point where you have to be okay with that. You know, because yes. it's like, I mean, how can you not say no if people ask for you to be in their project? Yeah. And like, if that happens simultaneously in one month and then the next month you have no job, yeah. <laughs> you just have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's part of like the road of, it's a thing. It's like full-time, full-fledged artist. Like you have to just commit to all of these things.
1: Uh-huh. I also find being invested in one project will also drive you crazy in your own way. Yeah. If that's all you're kind of like holding on to mm-hmm. and you don't have like these releases from other things. Because I mean, we all know like art tends to go like, awesome, 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 shit, shit, shit. Yeah. Awesome, shit, awesome, sh- well sh- like shit, 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 you know? Yeah. So if you're in like a shit situation with only and you're only doing one work, you're feeling like shit for like a month. But if you have these kind of mini victories that we often talk about, then it helps balance these shit moments, you know, <laughs> in your own artistic work, I think.
2: I I always thought like for example you know with with being a Gaga teacher it's always been like my goal, mm-hmm. and I like, I've been visiting Israel for the last four years, just because I I wanted to put my name in the door you know to Ohad. and how I got in how I got into being a Gaga teacher was that I ambushed him while he was unlocking his bike like that's the only way because like I had no connections but. Because Israel is so, there's no hierarchy. You can literally talk to the, you can really talk to Ohad, which is the director of the Sheva, and just tell him how you feel. And I talked to him, and I expressed him how much I love Gaga, and I hope that one day I'll be able to study it and have the chance to teach it. And he gave me the opportunity, Mm -hmm. just like that, you know, from seeing me in class, in one class, he invited me to accompany the class, and from there we started talking. And so, for me, it's just like if you really believed in something, you know, and if you want your art to grow in this place, you can really do it if you put everything towards it. Like, if you mm. put your mind and body and soul, everything towards it, it could happen, you know. And for me, being able to live in Israel and pursuing this Gaga teacher's training program allowed me to just like focus on, like, Input like just learning as much as I can Mm -hmm. and then using that experience to be able to become a good teacher Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's like and that's when like with my experience with learning gaga Comes with all the experience as a human being being in a relationship You know like going out with friends and experiencing new things like that became the core of of how I teach gaga -hmm. So it was like that's when I realized that, yeah, like I need to live as a human being too (laughs) in order for me to grow as an artist.
0: Yeah. Was that the biggest surprise while you were
2: learning? Yeah. I mean, it's because it it also forced me to, to experience more human things because I can't work in Israel. So because oh, yeah. the work aspect point. is eliminated, mm-hmm. you're like, you're not thinking about work. You're thinking about, okay, what can I do with my extra time? Then that became like such a learning experience for me of like, damn, like there's so many things that I could just do as a human being that I love. Yeah. It doesn't have to involve art. It could right. just be like, you know, having coffee, talking to people. And so, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing It's like this, this, the value of, of those simple things. Mm-hmm. can really affect you know your artistry
1: yeah as someone who identifies as a nomad yeah. <laughs> how do you feel like are you looking for a relationship or some sort of like family that is willing to like move around with you or are you looking mm. for that stability
2: I think part of my nomad life is just like escaping running away mm-hmm. or trying to like I don't know I'm trying to find ways and connecting <laughs> with different places but I think it's like, well, I, I was in a relationship when I was in Israel because I lived there for 10 months. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like when I find a moment to be in one place, I think things just fall into place like that. Mm-hmm. You know, things, relationships just fall into place when you find uh, stability in your own environment. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like... That's what I'm also realizing that I'm like, maybe if I just like take a moment to just like build a home base, things (laughs) will fall into place. And then the traveling will become like a luxury, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than like the traveling is my main goal. (gasps) I need to travel, you know, because I'm so ready to pick up my luggage and go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like that. And that's my tendency. But then I'm like realizing, you know, it's like it's just another form of escape. Like, I need yeah. to find stability in my life, I need to, like, really hone down my home turf and then build from there.
0: Right. Is there something that scares you yes. about that stability? Yeah?
2: Yes, of course. I mean, it's like, I'm so used to the freelancer life that money sometimes is up and down. Mm-hmm. That committing to an apartment, for example, you know, committing to a relationship requires a lot of time, effort, and money. So for me it's like it's also just that that balance or that change of like how I can find stability inside my art to find the constant flow of income mm-hmm. so I can provide for my partner or I can share my life without you know having these like little problems of what to eat the next day <laughs> how to go past that
1: yeah mm-hmm um have you are you still doing a lot of photography as well as gaga because you're teaching a lot
2: yeah photography has been quite uh the bread and butter of my art actually um simply because you know the social media instagram facebook i've been coming good to, time
1: yeah we'll
2: always need fo- good time to be a photographer you've <laughs> <laughs> we'll always need professional photos and because i have an eye for movement it kind of balanced out like how I can direct movement and then at the same time like produce you know images for people that best suits their brand yeah, yeah. Um, and so i fi- I find this small niche I guess that works for me um, and in in like winter season or summer season, it kind of balances out with teaching and mm-hmm. performing i mean i'm not committed to teaching because it's like for me I, I love. Teaching every now and then, I don't want to teach for one place for the whole year. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't want to commit myself in that way because I have commitment issues. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) But with photography, it's like it can really help me more.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's nice. Having been on set with you and having you had take their pictures you do have, like, this really amazing way of directing people and making people feel comfortable on set. So, Thank
2: you. The fact that it was it's a going pleasure well. working with you. Aww.
1: <laughs> um,
0: the fact that it's going really well for you is, like, really great to hear, especially that side. I mean, I see P- P- your pictures
1: everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's, like, a known thing that everyone has, like, album velvet the shoot as I a dancer.
2: The beauty about it is, like, I always find you know, reinvention. Because, like, yeah, I find a, I find a way that works, a, a classic formula for me in terms of my aesthetic and my eye, but also at the same time, I, I, I'm also searching for reinvention. Yeah. To just kind of, like, find different ways on how to still look at it as an Alvin Colantis photography, but still have like right. another edge to it.
1: Do you feel the pressure from having to constantly reinvent yourself?
2: Depends. Depends on what the client needs. Like Some of the dancers that I work with have never done a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. So for for me, it's more about opening the experience of them learning how to get to know their body, get to mm-hmm. know their angles. Like it's more their experience of how to like open up this door and, and then, and then from there, it can build, mm-hmm. you know, can build more shoots later on. Right. I've had many friends over the years that I've shot, you know, every year almost. And all the time, we're trying to find different ways on how to kind of recreate or rebrand them too. Yeah. You know, they all, like dancers and dance artists, they always need to like reinvent their look or themselves right. all the time. So mm-hmm. it works.
0: Hmm. Yes. <laughs>
2: um,
0: did you take your photography with you when you went to Tel Aviv? Did yeah. You
2: work,
0: did you like under the table work there?
2: No, actually, mm-hmm. I just volunteered a lot. I volunteered for Bacheva. I volunteered for any anyone who needed photography, really. Because for me, I took it as a way, like like I said, like because I realized I'm not gonna make money. I might as well use it as a like. A, a student as a way to explore Mm -hmm. also how to like reinvent my eye or to try new things. Mm -hmm. So when I was collaborating with people there, um, it kind of was a place for me to experiment, Mm -hmm. which was really nice.
1: Speaking to that experience, you received a Canada council grant for that teaching workshop, right? I did. So it took you (laughs) 10 months to do the entire training program. It was
2: a one year long program.
1: Yes. Wow.
2: And uh, I received an OAC grant for a career development and a CAC grant for professional development.
1: Wow. Do you mind if I ask how much they gave you?
2: I got total 16,000 from okay. OAC and 8,000 from CAC.
1: That's great. That's wow. a lot.
2: But imagine 12 months <laughs> exactly. in Israel. Exactly. That's what with I was no thinking. job, rent, tuition fee, food, everything else. It 24. was just a fraction.
1: Yeah. It was like that <laughs> uh, thing. I think, I mean, we've talked about this before. That was so smart that you got that grant because nobody in Canada, mm. isn't nobody in Canada can teach you all, right?
2: Yes. Except well, for you. Well, three of us. There's only three, three, three yeah.
1: but you're the first in Toronto. There's one in Montreal, right. right?
2: Two in Montreal. Two in Montreal and you. And me.
1: So smart. So like, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, 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 was mean, like- yeah I, I mean, just my application was, like, kind of a given, like, because of the names I was just pulling. I like, you know, yeah. it's like, I mean, it was no question. Like, for me, I already know that I was going to get the grant just simply because of what I was offering.
1: Right. Did you already receive confirmation from OHAD or, like, a letter? Did you yeah. have to supply a letter? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's,
2: it's like, you know, I have... I have everything right. in front of me. Just need to. You would have had game. to, like, fuck something
1: up badly in your <laughs> yeah. application not to get it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I was really lucky in that sense. I mean, I really needed the money. Mm-hmm. Living in Israel was not... It wouldn't have been a possibility cheap. if you like. And the photography, I mean, I spent two months in Canada in total working. And the photography really helped me. Like, I saved up, like... 10 more thousand oh,
1: wow. <laughs> yeah that's
2: great so i was like you know i it was fine I was fine i mean it was still expensive but yeah i was able to get out of it
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see if um it encourages more people to apply for that teaching training yeah and how if because of, like, your success with Gagas Technique and coming back and, like, giving back to the community, and OAC sees that in your report, mm. I wonder if it'll encourage them to give more money to people going to of that program.
2: Course. yes. Or but,
1: to other programs in general. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, there are, like, you know, for example, Flying Low. No one really teaches Flying Low Oh, yeah, David Zambrano.
1: Yeah. That's such an important technique. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. So there Love are some technique. techniques out there in Europe that we haven't really have the luxury of taking, you know? So... There is like yeah, Gaga is uh, Gaga was like, like something that Canada supported because it's something new, mm-hmm. anyway. but at the but same with just time, enough
1: rec- it was it's new, but it's also has quite a legacy with it that's yeah. been recognized now, internationally
2: recognized, yeah, yes. which helped. But I also feel like if there is someone out there, out there in uh, Toronto who wants to teach other forms of technique from Europe they can easily get the grant from the government.
1: Yeah, they know, just need the confirmation. Sure. Yes. You need to be already in it. Yeah, yeah. which is like the, the challenge. Yes. But yeah, it's... I mean, a lot of times with granting, the problem is, is that you often have to register and then pay your fees right away. Mm-hmm. And right. And then... And then hope you get... That's the... <laughs> yeah, right. Credit
2: card. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clear <laughs> that credit card.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, or like if you go the summer before, the time before and receive confirmation from them, from like the head, and yeah. then get a letter. Then
2: yeah, right. Also it was all great. about timing for me. So thank God I had it. I got it when I needed it. So.
1: I also feel like when you were there, there was a couple people I knew just from the dance community that were there. Like Jimmy from Chunky oh, Moo yeah, and love my friend, Jimmy. and Ellie, Ellie, uh, from Minnesota. Ellie, I forgot her last name. It's with an Ellie. H. It's Ellie, blonde, very beautiful. Uh, anyway, but there was lots of people when you were there. I love
2: Jimmy he is an angel beautiful friends yeah (laughs) and this is the beauty about tel aviv is that you meet so many out-of-town dancers that it's like it becomes a world on its own
1: right yeah and And, it's so
2: cool like you get to understand their story too and that they're not so different than you they're also nomads they're also just trying to find their place in dance and right so it's really nice and comforting to understand that you're not alone in your journey
1: um coming from canada and then going to tel aviv from what everything that i've heard about tel aviv and basheva there is that basheva is like kind of like mini. all the dancers there are like almost famous yes in tel aviv because of the company yes and it's a huge deal for that country that that company which is interesting because in canada like you could say that the tdt dancers are like kind of famous, but more amongst the community, Mm, but not within the entire population. Yeah. right. So how was it going from a country that appreciates art and and will fund art, but there's not that, like, fame behind it, to a Mm. country that there's all these dancers that are considered famous from this company?
2: Well, it's like it works along with Gaga itself because, like, how each and every dancer in Bacheva does Gaga is unique on its Mm -hmm. own. So it's like when when you watch them on stage and yeah, they're doing the same kind of moves, but in a way it's their own imagination, it's their own fantasy, it's their own research inside Gaga. So it's like when you watch each dancer on stage you're just constantly in awe because their bodies are just so mm-hmm. so different. Right. Versus I think, you know, TDT, or when we watch a contemporary dance show here as an ensemble, you see it as an ensemble. Right. You see it as a collective, as a group. So it's like it's hard to, f- to, to find the uniqueness in each because it's so focused on, for example, cleaning. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. being in a group or trying to find sync synchro, synchronized. But in Batsheva, it's like it's very specialized like each person contributes to the painting as a whole mm. and whatever they do is uh, completely embraced even the mistakes you know even in their shows you see mistakes mm-hmm. but it's so beautiful to see the mistakes because they're not hiding it they're mm. embracing it Mm-hmm. Um, versus, I think, what we're used to here, North America dance in general, it's like we try to mask or hide the mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's no room for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're painting a, like, a fantasy picture of ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, but in Israel, it's like your faults are as beautiful as your like successes and accomplishments. So mm-hmm. that on its own is so admiring to see on stage.
1: Right it's interesting
2: (laughs) it's very and it's like it's so cool to just see a performer and just admit everything like from their weaknesses to their strengths you know
1: yeah also a country that like appreciates
2: art everything
1: (laughs) everything about the art you know not just the good parts
2: it's sold out. Every time they perform in, tell- in Israel, it's sold out. Oh, yeah. Which is so... It's so inspiring. i
1: also sure that anytime they perform
2: anywhere, it's sold out. Yeah, <laughs> like, a yeah. <I'm> yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing. I think the magic of, about it is that they found a way to make contemporary dance relatable to uh, human eye. Yeah. And for us here, I think it's it's a lot... I don't know. It's always a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to attract pull someone who doesn't know anything about dance to, like, understand and relate to contemporary dance.
0: You know, even just, like, walk in the door and want to sit there, mm-hmm.
2: right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What I really appreciate about Bacheva and what Ohad has done is that it's now creating, it's kind of a base, Gaga technique, for a lot of, individuals to create their own movement styles. Mm. So for example, like Hoffa Schechter mm-hmm. was originally at one of the Basheva dancers, mm-hmm. and now he's got creating his own type of movement, but it's kind of like the Gaga technique, but based in like another level. Yeah. And there are all these artists who are, are developing these techniques and these interesting ways of mu- moving mm-hmm. from the core of Gaga. It's like recreating like the traditional ballet form, but in like a contemporary-esque way, which is, I appreciate so much about that. Praying. Totally.
2: I mean, yeah. it's it's like it's such an inspiration. I mean, what Ohad has created with Gaga, yeah. that people are creating their own movement languages mm-hmm. from it. Um, and when you talk about Gaga, it's always like Gaga equals Ohad's like Ohad's vocabulary or mm-hmm. Ohad's pers- pers- perception of movement. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's his kind of like language. And then other people just have their own kind of like, well, this is how I, I perceive the language mm-hmm. or this is how I perceive movement. I um, mean, that's what you see with people like Hoffa Schechter, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Gat also Yes, came yes. from Batsheba. There's so many. Sharon Eyal. But yeah, it's like Israel is such a hub for that. They always like, and you see when you go to Israel and you take, Many, many, many contemporary dance classes, they all have their own little movement language. Yeah. (laughs) So many I can, like, tell you different, like, Nadine Bomer, movement language. Or, like, you know, it's like, Ido Portal. Like, it's like, all their names, movement language. Right. Simply because it's, like, the invention. Like, it's always reinventing. It's always inventing. It's always, they're very, like, forward thinking when it comes to movement. Yeah. Um. Man. So interesting.
0: Yeah, um, are all of the dancers with Betshava also Gaga instructors, or yes,
2: yes, yes? Um, I mean, the, the option is there. Okay. Um, they all become Gaga teachers at the end because simply because uh, when you experience the language so deep in that way, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's an honor to be able to teach it. So
0: totally. They can go on and teach at other places and do mm.
2: what they want. They have to go through another uh, certification process also, mm. like us.
1: So what's your, besides focusing on you <laughs> and not your art, what do you think is next? Do you have another trip planned? Do you have um, classes planned? Actually,
2: I I want to jump into the digital world. <laughs> and i want to tr- i want to study ui ux design
1: okay right. you know
2: like coding yeah yeah um i don't know simply because i like with my photography and like photoshop skills mm-hmm. i feel like as artists we already design you mm-hmm. know with choreographing we design mm-hmm. yep um With, like, we always, when we improvise, we design. So we already have that taste for design. And so I kind of am curious to see how my design skills in dance can translate to my design skills in digital media and tech. Mm. Mm. Going with this idea of stability and security, like, because digital tech industry is such a millennial job, (laughs) (laughs) that I kind of am interested in how I can also dive into that Mm -hmm. um you know this idea of being able to work online to live remotely and work you know with your computer like I like that like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gravitated towards that kind of work and so for me I'm curious as to how I'm going to receive this kind of experience Mm -hmm. so yeah that's next for me (laughs) Wow. <laughs> have you registered
0: in a program? Have you found where you uh, want to do it? Yeah,
2: yeah? I'm, I'm looking. Uh, actually, I have been talking to a friend who went to Juilliard for dance, and he did this bootcamp UI UX design, and hmm. now he's working, um, he's working <laughs> um, as a UI UX designer, and he's just kind of telling me his experience of how dance and choreographing translates to what he's doing. Wow. Yeah. It's That's like, so cool. we have already skills and talents as dance artists, and we can monetize it with with other industries. We just have to, like, allow ourselves to to reach out to these other industries. Right.
0: And you have to figure out what transferable skills you have.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, because, you know, it's like, it's really a rare thing to be, to be, you know, if you're creative and you have a creative mind, like, people can really tell and people can really admire that and value that mm-hmm. in other fields. Right. Because some, some fields like, like, you know, the digital tech industry and like finding if this website is good or aesthetically appealing is like not everyone can make that decision. Right. But right. If you come from a creative field, you have an eye for it. You just know what looks good and what doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to understand that now. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> How much longer are you in Canada for?
2: <clears throat> um, I think till next year a bit. I'm really? going to Germany, um, trying to work a bit in Europe next year mm-hmm. for a few months. So we'll see. Right now, I'm lining up the gigs. <laughs> I'm planning your <a> year. <laughs> yeah, um, but I realized that I can fly for free.
1: <laughs> yeah, how do you do that?
2: My parents used to work for um, in the Philippine Airlines. So I do. I have their benefits till I'm 35 years old. Oh yeah. So I can fly for free. Take advantage (laughs) to Asia, basically, and then from Asia anywhere.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. As soon as you get out of Canada, flights
2: are so fucking cheap. (laughs) (laughs) So I literally came here yesterday, like with zero dollars. Like I didn't pay a single penny for a flight. Yeah. So. That's great. That's why I'm a nomad. <laughs> that's why I'm a nomad. <laughs> that's, that's the nice. secret. Two <laughs> I love that. I think
0: that's a good place to end. Yeah.
1: Thank you so yeah. much, Alvin. Oh, you're I'm going to
0: ask you the question, Alvin. Yeah. Is being an artist of fucking f- killing you? Of
2: course.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Always. I mean, if it doesn't kill you, then it's like, why are you still in it? You know? Like, I don't know.
1: You're feeling something. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: what makes you hungry, what mm. makes you thirsty. You know, if it doesn't kill you, it's like, then go do something else.
1: <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alvin. So amazing. Do you want to pitch anything that you're like, go oh, follow yeah.
2: you or if you uh, want to contact um, you for...
1: Plug yourself, yeah.
2: Yeah, come take my Gaga classes. Um, mm. It's open for everybody. You don't have to have dance background. Um, and just try a class and see if it, if you connect if you connect to it or not. Um, it really is for everybody. Mm-hmm. My parents come, my sister. <laughs>
1: uh-huh, nice. Yeah. And he really is a wonderful photographer. Yes. So.
2: Yeah. If you want to shoot with me, hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Nice. Um, thank you guys for listening so much. We will catch you next week. If you like to leave us a review, go ahead. Um, Also, go follow us on all forms of social media. If you haven't, you don't want to miss anything. And thank you all. That's it. All right. Bye. Bye.